0: Perhaps unsurprisingly, given current circumstances, the idea of the home is one that I've thought about quite a bit over the past few weeks. The question of how to balance work, whether that's artwork or writing or other forms of paid employment. The question of how to balance that work with domestic work when the lines between them have become less clear than ever is one that many of us have been thinking and living through. These questions were very much at the forefront of second wave feminism and the women's art movement. And many artists during the 1970s and 80s were making artworks about the home, family life, cooking, cleaning, and interrogating the gendered and classed assumptions that structure this work. Sandra Orgel's Linen Closet is a vignette I found myself returning to. In this remarkably claustrophobic installation, a woman's body appears calcified within the architecture of the home. Shelves of crisp, clean linen brutally dissect her body as she half steps out of, but remains trapped within the confines of an erring closet. This installation now exists as an eerie desaturated photograph but it was made as part of the Women House Exhibition in Los Angeles in 1972, which was spearheaded by Judy Chicago and her colleagues at the Feminist Art Programme. This pioneering educational experiment had culminated with the staff and students taking over a dilapidated mansion in which they crafted environments and staged performances throughout the rooms of the house. This was a spatial shift, away from the art gallery and university campus into a domestic space not usually associated with professional art making. It was a conceptual shift, in that it foregrounded household labour and economies of the home not usually featured in high art, and it was also a material shift, with performance, crochet, embroidery and installation displacing the streamlined forms of modernist art. This was an artwork stitched together from the very materials and experiences of their everyday lives. Women House offered a participatory viewing experience as audiences moved through the building, encountering performers ironing, scrubbing or applying makeup, reciting scripts, or a body ghoulishly suspended in a linen cupboard. Chicago's own contribution to the exhibition dealt with an especially taboo subject, signalled in its title, Menstruation Bathroom. Audiences couldn't enter the small space, instead they viewed it through a hazy gauze curtain snatching glimpses of bloodied sanitary products spilling from an overflowing bin, with boxes of unused products stacked high on the shelves above. Chicago's artwork self-consciously moved beyond the autobiographical and psychic horrors of the home to signal the ways in which this space and its bodies, which seem so natural, are always invaded by the forces of capital are always a part of broader society. And these corporate traces are, of course, made highly visible in the colourful brand names on the shelf, Tampax, Kotex, and Freedom. The tension between containment, this room that can only be glimpsed through gauze, and an excessive bloody spilling, situates this work convincingly within the feminine Gothic tradition, like other pieces in Woman House, including Orgel's trapped figure, the gothic horrors of the home are slowly revealed to the audience. And this place of comfort and warmth and security is discovered to be rather precariously situated. As the feminist theorist Victoria Hesford reflects, and I quote her here, haunting is intrinsic to every dominant social and political order because it is a sign of what has been forcibly expunged or evacuated from that order, the other that threatened to disrupt the emergent hegemony. Here, Hesford helps us to understand why women's displaced fears, desires and anger return in the art and writing of the post-war periods with writers like the very popular Shirley Jackson, for instance, the psychic traumas of the home bubble up in unexpected ways. These haunted artworks examine and disentangle the ways that our shared cultural ideas about safety, comfort, care, and labor are contained within the logic of the household. A logic that serves to reinforce, as she puts it, the dominant social and political order. Periods of transition reveal the cracks or instabilities in this structure as our assumptions about public and private, work and non-work, family and society come under scrutiny. The Woman House exhibition of those early months in 1972 was a great success. It was reviewed in Time Magazine, and through the national and grassroots press went on to generate huge influence on subsequent art practice. Projects here in the UK that took inspiration included A Woman's Place of 1974, in which the South London Women's Art Group took over a small terraced house and filled it with installation artwork or the Castle Milk Woman House project of 1990, in which a group of artists and activists inhabited four empty flats in a Glasgow tenement building. Although inspired by the Los Angeles Woman House, these projects, among many others, expressed notable distinctions in terms of class, race and nationality. We might think, for example, of how the logic of the home changes when transposed from a crumbling mansion to a disused tenement flat. Judy Chicago, alongside Miriam Shapiro, Paula Harper and Faith Wilding, organised the Woman House exhibition to enable her students to explore innovatively the pressing issues in their lives through the creation of artworks in a domestic environment. Almost 50 years later, I think we can see how these themes continue to resonate.